Okay, so what we're going to do now, and uh, you'll hear me say we're going to tap that in. And essentially, we are just associating the positive experience and sensations, emotions, thoughts with that um, inner calm and peaceful place. Okay, so we'll do this for about 10 to 15 seconds. Um, and you can follow along with me. And essentially, we'll just tap in right on our shoulders here. You can choose your elbows your thighs or knees, wherever you're comfortable. I like to come right up here. It just feels really good, like a little hug. Here we go. Welcome back to You Need a Counselor. My name is Julie Johnson. I am the president and founder of Heart and Solutions. We are a strength-based counseling agency here in Iowa. We're offering in-person mental health therapy. We're also offering telehealth therapy still over the phone or over the computer, whatever is most comfortable to you. And I'm Krista. I am the vice president at Heart and Solutions in charge of our behavioral health department. So we work with kids ages four to 18 in home, in school, telehealth, or in the office um, on different behavioral skills that they set with their therapists and with the family as well. And the mission of our podcast, You Need a Counselor, is that we are a podcast designed for people curious about counseling, but who have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling good, bad, and indifferent, and spread the message that everyone can benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services. Yeah, so we post on Sunday nights. Uh, you can find us on YouTube on Sunday nights. You can find us on Spotify, uh, publish on Sunday nights, or on Facebook. You can watch us there or on Instagram. So you will see a preview on Friday afternoons uh, to show you who the next guest is. And then Sunday nights, you can be prepared to uh, watch an episode or listen to to an episode. Now, let's let's put a task with that or let's put a habit with this podcast. So everybody has to put away laundry. Laundry is a necessary evil of the world. And so we can't get away from it. So we might as well use it to our emotional and personal <laughs> benefit. Um, I see no other benefit to it whatsoever. So uh, go ahead and batch up your laundry, save that clean laundry throughout the week. Don't put that away on a Tuesday night. That is a waste of a perfectly good evening where you could be watching Game of Thrones or any other kind of show that you're interested in. So save up that laundry for Sunday nights. And then Sunday nights, go ahead and put the podcast on. Uh, that gives you the entire week to call and schedule with your counselor. Or if you don't have a counselor to go ahead and start calling that week or send us a message. We've had people send us messages from other states. If you're in Iowa, then great. We would love to help you. But if you're listening from another state, um, we would love to help you too. So we can get you set up with a counselor in your very own zip code. So send us a message, take that week uh, and get yourself connected with a counselor. All right, so we are very excited today. We have a very, very special guest. She is one of our very favorite people. Uh, we've got Molly Barrett here today. So I'm gonna brag on Molly a little bit, which is pretty easy for me to do. <laughs> So Molly is a licensed mental health counselor here in the state of Iowa. Um, she is a cl the clinical director of our Cedar Rapids 
office. Um, so if you are in Iowa, we are located in Cedar Rapids, Marion, Davenport, Mason City, Ames, Grundy Center, Waterloo, uh, also doing sessions and services in Iowa Falls, Marshalltown, and Ankeny. Um, so give us a call for any of those locations. But if you are in the Cedar Rapids area, Molly Barrett is the clinical director out there. Um, and so Molly has been, since she graduated from UNI, with her master's in counseling, she has really had a focus on creating safe spaces in her sessions um, and creating empowering environments for her clients. So Molly works with clients from all backgrounds, um, but specifically clients with anxiety or who are suffering from depressive symptoms, uh, lowered self-esteem or self-image. Um, also clients who have experienced sexual assault, sexual abuse, domestic violence, trauma of all kinds and suicidal ideation. And what really I think sets Molly apart um, as a clinician is really just that focus on creating the space for her clients to be able to just express themselves in any way that they want to and need to and making sure that that space is a safe therapeutic space. Mm -hmm. uh, so welcome, Molly. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. I feel like with the safe space now, you know, your office is extremely cute <laughs> and it's extremely welcoming and warm. And I know that's on purpose um, mm -hmm. to make sure that that is a, a safe feeling space to be in. But I also think that with counseling of any kind, the counselor really is the safe space. Right. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that means to you, kind of creating that that time and that place for people to, to express themselves? And I think it's so important that, you know, the client knows from the very beginning, I even give this to them in their in their intake session of, you know, I want to within these four walls. Right. Like this is a place for them to come in and express whatever they need to. And I tell them if there's a day where you need to stare at the wall and color, that's fine because this is your safe space. And if other days you come in and we're talking about really difficult things, that's fine too. Um, and especially with, you know, as I get more and more into EMDR practice, that safe space is so vital and so important because if they, if as a client, if we don't feel safe, we may not feel comfortable going deeper or talking about really hard things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as a clinician, just creating a space for them to feel and do whatever they need to do for themselves. And especially if they don't have that outside of these walls that I provide that for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and you are an EMDR certified um, or you're an EMDR trained clinician. Mm -hmm. So um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, received my training this past fall. Um, what an awesome, awesome training to be a part of and a new, um, just a new modality to use in, in therapy. And even some of the, the resources and the coping skills that I will teach to my EMDR clients, I'll teach to everyone um, because they're just a, a great tool to have. Um, but the more I get into and the kind of the deeper that I go within the modality, um, it comes right back to that safe space. Um, and knowing that they, you know, even their chair, I'll tell clients, I'm like, Oh, your chair is waiting for you. Um, because they know that that's where they can feel okay. 
um, and they feel, you know, ready to go and ready to just be in a place where we're going to talk about some hard things sometimes. Um, and that's okay. Absolutely. I think that that idea of safety Mm -hmm. um, is such can be such a barrier for people in general, just asking for help of any kind, right? Whether it's counseling or just asking for help with uh, from their family or their friends or just their supports in general. I think that um, that that feeling of safety needs to be there. Mm -hmm. And when it's missing or when it just hasn't been developed yet, or when something has happened that has broken that safe feeling, um, then, oh my gosh, how, how much more challenging is that to share anything about what's happening in our lives? I I see this, or I I experience, and and then I, I talk with other people who experience this too, where sometimes there's so much shame around asking for help. Um, and if there isn't that safe space, then that shame just kind of grows. Have you, have you seen that in your practice? Oh, absolutely. I've seen it in practice. I've seen it in my private life, um, Mm -hmm. where it, and especially if a client has been, or has gone through even provider trauma, um, or provider where they have felt unsafe with another provider, um, that that can really do a lot of damage. Um, and you know, providing and talking through that with them and honoring that, right? Like honoring and validating, you know, that that's really unfortunate and that really sucks, right? Um, If they've been through that kind of, um, or even whatever sort of trauma in their lives, right? Where they have felt unsafe, um, having that conversation with them of, you know, what can we do or what can I do to help you with that or to help you feel safe in any way possible is that bringing in your favorite coffee is it bringing in a blanket or a toy you've had for 20 years um you know anything that a client needs in order to feel safe and secure especially if they've gone through things in their life where that was taken from them um is so vital and important and that should be honored and that should be a main discussion with them for at least a session or part of a session, right? Wow. So provider trauma, what an interesting concept that I feel like we've we've talked a little bit about the the experience of that on the podcast, but we've never given it that name. We've never had that name to to put on it. But when you say that, that clicks for me. Um, you know, that a that a therapist or counselor of any kind is supposed to be a safe place. Yeah. And when we've when we experience or have an experience where what is supposed to be a safe place ends up not being a safe place. Gosh, that can really mirror those traumatic experiences that we can have where maybe caregivers are supposed to be a safe place and caregivers end up not being a safe place for whatever reason. Um, And so can you tell us a little bit more about provider trauma? How can somebody that might be listening who may have experienced that, how can they kind of identify that that might be what what is happening for them? Um, yeah. And just to go off of even just a conversation I had a couple of days ago of someone who experienced, you know, the, the continued sort of abandonment of a provider where it was like, I'm leaving, I'm retiring, I'm a student, I'm not going to be here anymore. Um, I'm moving out of state, like very on the therapist side, it's very, well, those are life things, right? Like those are, but to a client, that means a lot. 
um, and to feel left or abandoned, or even, you know, when we talk about the provider trauma, right? If the client feels unsafe in any sort of way, it doesn't matter what it is. If that client, if they perceive and feel unsafe, whether it be someone feeling judged for their lifestyle or their beliefs or um, their sexual orientation, whatever it may be, if they feel unsafe or judged, we're not going to get anywhere. Um, or if it's something that's addressed and we, you know, and we discuss it, um, but they, you know, assisting the client through that or reassuring them of like, well, how can I help you feel safe? There are things that I hear from clients that baffle me of how, and it just, it hurts my heart for them of that. They went through that with a provider. Um, and I understand like life things happen. Like we're as providers, we're human too. Um, but there are some things that clients have told me that they've heard or been told, um, where they just felt really unsafe and, and insecure in that, in that office, um, that just baffle me and hurt my heart for them. Yeah. What a good point. I mean, there are, as counselors, we kind of know that like, yeah, when I was in my internship, I had clients for, you know, six months. And then I I didn't have those clients when I graduated. Right. And, and so things do happen um, in our lives where we, we can't be somebody's therapist forever. However, at the same time, there are so many things that the provider is responsible for doing to be able to process that goodbye, to be able to process that transition. Um, and so many people don't get the benefit of experiencing that. Um, I, I also, you know, I think it's such a good point that as, as a client, as somebody who's coming to counseling, if we hear that, you know, oh my gosh, my, uh, my therapist is pregnant now and she's going to have a baby and, and she's not going to come back to work after that, right? Things like that, um, that, that we hear can be such, such a disturbance in the safety of that session. It can kind of make us question like what, what was this support while it was happening? Right. And, uh, and was this, what was this relationship while it was helping me? Um, and what does that mean about my progress? You know? And so what I would just so encourage, you know, like people like us who, who also go to counseling is just to know that like, oh my gosh, when that happens, that's normal to feel that way. It's okay to feel that way. And even if a provider, even if your therapist or your counselor, handles that perfectly, beautifully, like to the letter, uh, you know, sits with you and, and talks through those experiences and talks through previous goodbyes you've had in the transition and you meet the new person. It's still very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I think that being, but one of the most beautiful things I think is that when, when clients, when, when we as people who participate in counseling, when we are able to have a healthy relationship with a counselor who is supporting us, is helping us, we're making our own progress. And then we need to say goodbye to that person for whatever reason. And maybe we move, right? Maybe we graduate and, and move out of town. Uh, in that situation, we have the opportunity to say that goodbye and to process that goodbye with the person. <laughs> and, and we don't always get that chance in life. Um, and so it, it can be such an opportunity, but it also can be so challenging if it feels like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm the only person experiencing this. So I just love that you're, you're normalizing that, that yeah, that's hard 
whether the person, whether your counselor um, processes that out well for you and gives you the opportunity or not, uh, it's, it's challenging. Very much so. So if somebody has experienced uh, provider trauma, right, and, and whether that's, you know, well, this person, this therapist just never called me back, right, and never scheduled with me, that happens in this field, you guys, if that happens to you, please know that that is just that provider. Um, and that there are lots of other providers that are going to call you back <laughs> that are going to schedule with you. Right. Um, so if somebody is listening to this and goes, Oh my gosh, that's what happened to me. Like I tried counseling and it didn't work. Like the person just didn't show up or the person didn't. Uh, I remember one time when I was two counselors ago, <laughs> when I was looking for a new counselor, um, I, I scheduled with, uh, probably like five counselors to do intakes with. And I, I showed up to one of the appointments and that person didn't show up. <laughs> and it was like 15 minutes past the time. And I was sitting in their parking lot and they were not there. Um, and I went, oh my gosh, this is, you know, I'm in this field. I know that there are good providers out there that aren't going to no show me. Um, but if this was my first time going to counseling, like that could be it for me. And then I could just never experience the benefits of it. Um, so if, if anybody's listening to this with that, what would you, what would you say in terms of what they can expect or how they can talk to their new counselor about mm -hmm. that experience? And it's so quick and intuitively, like, I, I want to say, keep going, right? Like, I want to say, keep going, but I think that's more, that's so easy to say mm -hmm. in, this kind of setting of as a provider, it's like, yes, keep going because eventually you'll, you'll find, you'll find me or you'll find Julie or Carissa or Colleen or Tammy or Katie, you know, you'll find someone who will be there and who will help. But in that moment, it can be so devastating and discouraging. And to know that it is not your fault. Um, it sucks. And you're, you know, and in that moment, that encouragement of, you, you took that step, you took that step of one foot in front of the other to reach out to a provider to make an appointment. Those are huge. Those are huge steps, especially if this has been a few times going and then to feel so excited and then to have something like that happen. Mm. Right? Um, and to know that there are good providers who are waiting for you and who want you to be there and who will be there. Um, for when you're ready to take your chair, right? You're ready to sit in your comfortable seat. Yeah, I love that acknowledgement of, of that. Like, it is easy to say, yeah, get back up on that horse, right? Like, call another therapist and try again. But, oh my gosh, in practice, that's hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that acknowledgement that like, yeah, that is a hard thing to do. Like, nobody expects that that's easy to do or that you need to do that even right away. You know, if you need to take time um, to be able to process that out, right, before you you try it again with the, the understanding that, oh, my gosh, it, it could happen to me again, right? So maybe I need to take a little time before I before I try that again. Um, yeah, I just love that validation. And for anybody who didn't listen to um, last week's episode on EMDR, that's eye movement desensitization reprogramming, right? 
Reprocessing. Okay. So eye movement desensitization reprocessing, um, which when I was typing the show notes for last week's episode, I also typed it wrong and then changed it. <laughs> it's a mouthful. It's I really a mouthful. <laughs> So you talked about how you, uh, there are certain coping skills that you use for EMDR to set that safe space and how important that is in EMDR. Um, and that you use those coping skills also for clients who aren't participating in EMDR for you, with you. What are some of those um, safe space creating interventions that people can kind of expect to see with you? Oh, absolutely. Um, so there's a, a wonderful list. And I, what I love about these resources and coping skills, um, we, I use the name interchangeably, um, you, can, you can practice them in so many different ways. Um, so there's, you know, there's an acupressure breathing, which um, focuses on like the pressure point in your hand. Um, there's going to be the belly breathing, which we have seen a lot. It's it's actually quite popular with kids. Um, we see the, my first example is like, I think Elmo did one um, to practice belly breathing, the butterfly hug breathing, which I seen, I think Brandy taught you guys. Um, and there's um, container, uh, which is one of my favorites. Um, and then there's another one that's called safe, secure and inner peaceful place, um, which is very much so the inward um, representation of like of our safe space. Um, and so I love hearing when I go through that resource with folks, I love hearing like what their different safe spaces are um, and where they feel secure outside of the therapy office. Um, cause they can use, they can use the therapy space if they want to. Um, that's completely up to them. Um, but it is, it's, I love hearing different representations of what is safe to them. Um, and when they use it out in the world to hear, they'll come in so excited. They're like, I use my safe space this week. Well, you did. That's wonderful. Let's talk about it. Um, and to hear that, like, they can access and we all can access a safe space, even if we don't feel safe in that moment. I love that. So this is a way to create a safe space that we can go to no matter where we physically are, yes. we can go to that place in our minds. Mm -hmm. And in the session, you're walking people through how to create that. So, so they come into your office and that's a safe space, but how do I mentally kind of take that safety with mm -hmm. me wherever I go? Would you mind, can you, will you walk us through that? Can Krista and I create our safe spaces yeah. in our mind? You sure can. Give us a little preview. <laughs> um, and what I love about, especially the use of safe space um, with kids, I had an example provided to me um, from an EMDR supervisor where she used, um, you know, the snap bracelets, let's like blast from the past. Into the oh, mind. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, I know the snap bracelets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get the white ones and what she'll have. And you can do this with adults too, right? Adults are big kids. Yeah. Um, of drawing and sketching your safe place and your safe space on the white snap bracelet. That way you can have it with you. Um, if people are a bit more tactile and physical and kind of need that visual representation. Because um, everybody's different, right? Someone may not get the full benefit of just visualizing it um, while some people need to sketch it or draw it. Um, and I cater to whatever the client needs. Um, I love that. 
What yeah. about like audio people? So for me, I I can read something and it'll it'll it takes me a little bit, right? But if I hear something, like if I hear an audiobook, I will remember that, right? Or if I listen to a, a video on something, I'll remember that. Are there safe space ways ways for audio learners also? Absolutely. That um, because in, in order to access the safe space, right? It's essentially you're imagining a place or experience where you felt secure or calm. So if in that moment in time or place, wherever you were, if you were listening to a book or if that secure space is listening to something that absolutely can be a part of that. Um, Cause through this resource, I will ask you, you know, tell me about those images or sounds or sensations that you felt in that moment. So I know how you felt safe. Right. I love that. So it includes the sounds, the, the everything. Oh, this is great. Okay, let's try it. Yeah. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to access that secure place, okay? So imagine a place or experience where you recently felt secure or calm. And I'll give you a moment to do that. You don't have to tell me if you don't like. Okay. And then tell me a little bit about the images, sensations, smells, sounds that you experience when you imagine being in that place or experiencing that moment? Uh, well, my place I was thinking of is Colorado because that's where my fiance and I love to go. We just went there a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's where we got engaged. So I was thinking like hiking in Colorado. So like the mountains and it was warm. So like the sun, um, the smell of like fresh air, um, just the trees. And yeah, so that's what I was thinking of. Any particular hiking trail or any trail that you love to be on? Um, well, we, the last one I was thinking, we just went to Red Rock, can or Red Rocks um, in Denver area. So, um, but Colorado, Rocky Mountains before that was where we were. So I wasn't thinking of a specific one, but our last one was just in the Denver area and Red Rocks. Yeah, mine was also outside. Um, so uh, there's a trail by our house um, that it's just a dirt trail but it's like trees on both sides you know as far as you can see and um and I was just imagining you know walking that with with my husband and with my daughter and you know she's running around and you know getting her her energy out um and just being able to walk down that so you know I was thinking about the how it's it's just a dirt trail so when you walk it kind of kicks up dust a little bit um and how uh you know the light comes through the trees and you can see kind of just those little glimmering uh pieces of light through the trees and uh and there's water next to it so you can kind of hear that also very good, very good. okay we're so outdoor what, people what? apparently <laughs> yeah <laughs> So what I'll have you to do is focus on the image, sensations, smells, or sounds, and just notice the secure, calm, and inner peace you're experiencing. Should we close our eyes? You can if you'd like. Whatever helps you to feel safe. <laughs> what do you notice? I notice that time feels slower and mm -hmm. that... Uh, the air is really crisp. 
crisp. That makes me think like cold. I was like warm, sun. <laughs> and when I think about it, I feel like my shoulders untense more, like are more relaxed. Yeah, calm. Calm. Things stressed out. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So what we're going to do now, and uh, you'll hear me say, we're going to tap that in. And essentially we are just associating the positive experience and sensations, emotions, thoughts with that um, inner calm and peaceful place. Okay. So we'll do this for about 10 to 15 seconds. Um, and you can follow along with me. And essentially we'll just tap in right on our shoulders here. You can choose your elbows, your thighs or knees, wherever you're comfortable. I like to come right up here. It just feels really good, like a little hug. Glad I painted my nails now. Cause <laughs> <laughs> they look beautiful. I didn't know they'd be showing. <laughs> here we go. Take a big deep breath. Exhale. Let it go. And what do you notice? Julie's face is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was picturing uh, that's what I look like when I'm relaxed, Chris. <laughs> she hasn't seen it in a while. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah um yeah I was just picturing like the trail and like when I was picturing the trail I like immediately just started picturing running like running on that trail which I don't usually run on that trail but <laughs> I think it was like a sense of like freedom you know like when you yeah like when you run and like not not like marathon running but like when you're just running <laughs> It was, it, yeah, I just had that image of that and like the feeling of kind of wind kind of rushing at me. Oh, very good. Very good. What about you, Krissa? Yeah, it just felt like calming. Like I could just like breathe slower. I think like that deep breath in and out like helped like, oh, like now I just want to like slow down my breathing. Uh, so just like kind of in that space, like, yeah, where you're like relaxed and calm. Very good. Okay. So let's give that positive experience a word or a phrase. Um, and whatever comes to mind, just repeat that word along with those positive emotions and sensations that you're feeling. My word was freedom, like freedom just kept coming up for me. And, um, I feel like that a lot when I'm in nature, I just feel like freedom. And I was feeling like, like opening, like in my chest, like an opening, sensation I don't know if it's like shoulder blades like opening type yeah. of situation but yeah it just felt like an opening yeah mine was relaxing so kind of similar but like the breathing just like again was calm and slowed down I just felt like I was in that space and just being relaxed and not worrying about things when I'm outdoors very good very good okay so let's tap that in right so just bring to mind that your keyword right and Bring to mind your keyword and just those positive sensations and feelings, okay? All right, here we go.
Big deep breath. Exhale. What do you notice? I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why it works. Yeah, it does. I mean, you just feel like calmer and just like more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was feeling very relaxed. I like the sound um, where I could follow you with uh, with the sound. I love yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. And that's what, and, and like side note, um, what I love about any sort of like the, um, the spectrum of bilateral stimulation and what you can use for it. Um, I mean, there's, of course, like the traditional is the finger waving, there's tapping. Um, for some kids, they'll use paintbrushes. Um, there's auditory beeps, there's buzzers, there's lights, there's dots. Um, and it on it, like it caters to whatever the client needs. And so that's really curious that you say that, because I wonder if like, if you went through an EMDR process, if the auditory beeps would be um, more helpful for you. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I love that. I love, you know, that information for people that, you know, if you, if you've gone through EMDR, or you're thinking about EMDR, that the way that we learn does impact the way that might be most useful to us in processing um, those thoughts or experiences. And so being able to kind of be aware of that, like, how do I learn things best. Um, and then being able to, you know, either do that through like tactile type, like physical sensation stuff or through audio or through visual. Um, that's, that's such a great thing for, for us to just know about ourselves so that we can communicate that to our counselor. Very much so. Right. Cause if we know, if we know what you need and work, you know, and a client communicates that to us, then we can help best. Right. Mm-hmm. Or we can, try and maybe if a client doesn't know right like if they don't know what would work the best okay let's give five of them a shot and see what you like in order to benefit from emdr does somebody need to have experienced a traumatic event like a car accident or uh or a near-death experience does somebody have to have experienced something like that in order to benefit from this type of service in my opinion no Um, I think that EMDR could work on a, it it works on a vast spectrum, right? From a one incident occurrence to complex trauma, right? If someone is experiencing, you know, anxiety and and depression, um, we're just working with those negative core beliefs, right? And we all have them, Mm -hmm. um, regardless of where they may have come from, we could have, you know, a client could have this awesome, you know, upbringing and great supportive parents and family and friends, but they can still benefit from EMDR because we all have negative beliefs about ourselves. Um, And that's where we're getting to the core of, right? And we are establishing, okay, what's our negative core belief and what's the positive one that we're going to instill through reprocessing. Um, and so, no, I don't, I don't personally believe that it needs to be this either one time trauma event or multiple complex trauma. Um, if you feel that it would help you or you're interested, give it a shot and see where it goes. I love that. I think that, you know, we're, 
as EMDR is becoming more popular, people are kind of hearing about it, but I think it gets talked about a lot in, in the context of helping with overcoming trauma and traumatic response, which is absolutely true, but I think it doesn't get talked about very much in terms of anxiety. If you're experiencing anxiety symptoms or if you're experiencing depressive symptoms, um, that you can, you can still benefit from that type of therapy. I think that's so important for people mm-hmm. to know. So what are some of the barriers? Do you see any specific barriers when it comes to people wanting to start EMDR? Or do you see uh, specific barriers for people wanting to start counseling in general? What are some of the barriers that you that you tend to see as a counselor? Oh, um, in the broad sense, I think it, the barriers cater to the client themselves and maybe their past experiences. Um, but what I see a lot of is... Um, perhaps a, a fear of being vulnerable, um, which we all have. Um, and a, I don't want to use the word reluctance, but almost a like, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if this is right for me, or I don't know, um, if it's the right time or, which is completely valid. If, if you're not ready, that's okay. Um, and that's, you know, your decision to make. Um, but I think some barriers also can be other people in their lives or, um, their environment that they're in or, um, their own beliefs about themselves, right? Like I think barriers are so, can be so specific to us and to the client themselves. And it's just about honoring and talking through those and what, we can do to work with them, right? Because some barriers may be easy to work around, or it may be more, they just need assistance getting to their appointment, right? Um, and other barriers are, well, let's let's talk about that. What's going on there? Or what are tiny goals or steps that we can take to get you to, you know, overcome that barrier, right? Like it's, I think it matters at what the barrier is and the process in which you do, um, you and the client take to handle that barrier. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. There are some barriers that are, that have to do with logistics. um, But then there are also some barriers that just have to do with our past experiences and the way that we experienced those experiences and the way that we remember those experiences or hold those, those experiences. So um, yeah, it's, it's so, it always seems like, you know, that movie Inception to me, like a dream within a dream, right? Like you're (laughs) how seeing a counselor can help us overcome the things that make us it hard for us to see a counselor. (laughs) Like it's, Right? Because yeah, if I if I'm having uh, that that fear that's stopping me, right, that fear of being vulnerable, oh my gosh, is so important. And I love that you're saying we all have it. We all, every single one of us has it, um, and it does limit us in some ways, but it also protects us mm-hmm. in some ways. And so. Um, being able to just be aware of it and knowing, you know, yeah, I, I want to keep this where it is protecting me, um, where I'm not ready to do that. And then I don't want to do it where I'm not doing it on purpose, right? <laughs> like I want, I don't want it to limit me um, in places where I don't need it to protect me anymore, mm-hmm. right? Where maybe a year ago, I did need it there mm-hmm. to protect me. That um, So I just, I love that, that ability to normalize that and just say like, it is hard being a human. <laughs> and it is hard. 
it just is it just is is hard um and it is hard being human because yeah we are we are designed for Mm -hmm. connection but we've got these these fears and experiences that stop us from being able to connect and with therapy and with counseling that connection is what's Mm -hmm. needed to be able to help us make progress um towards our goals in counseling and so um it's like my challenge with trusting people Mm -hmm. makes it difficult for me to trust this counselor enough for that counselor to help me with my challenge with trusting people. (laughs) It's like this big circle of like, it's a big circle of trust is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) The circle of trust. It's like, um, meet the parent. (laughs) (laughs) You're out of the circle of trust. And that's where provider trauma comes in is you're, you're out of the circle of trust. (laughs) That's right. right. Absolutely. And you know, as humans, like our brains are designed to say, okay, well, I'm going to group every person that reminds me of that person now into that. And so our brains to try to make things simpler for ourselves, um, will automatically say that counselor did not make me feel safe. Counts. I'm not going to counselors anymore. Right. Um, and so, gosh, just being aware of that, just knowing like that is a natural human thing to do. (laughs) That is what our brains do. Uh, It tries to save us time, but it can also cost us some benefit um, in terms of being able to differentiate between like that counselor versus this other potential counselor. Mm -hmm. Okay, Molly, so if you could give one suggestion to somebody on the fence about starting counseling, Mm -hmm. what would you tell that person? That it's okay to aid take your time and seeing what you want and who you want to be with, but also that, and there is no, um, there's no like bad time to start counseling that it can be at any point in your life for any reason. Even if it's just a, um, like, I don't know what school I want to go to. I don't know if I should make this job change, right? There are a vast, amount of things that are discussed in therapy offices um, to where, you know, I can spend 50 minutes preparing a client for an interview the next day, right. To discussing complex trauma from childhood. Um, and so it's, it's more of an encouragement that, you know, to help yourself to feel what you need to feel and to feel safe. And so choose and take your time and picking who you want to be with and knowing that you can start at any time and whenever you're ready. I love that. I love that. There's no wrong time. Like nobody is too young. Nobody is too old. Nobody is too traumatized and nobody is not traumatized enough. Right. There's, there's this idea. I think sometimes that like, oh, well, things aren't bad enough yet for me to need a counselor. And uh, I love what you're saying is that there, there is no bad time. Um, And that just simple things like I'm going to have a child, my life is about to completely change. Or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this uh, career change, maybe I want to go be a pilot, you know, Uh, all of that stuff um, is, is valid. Um, Or even like, I'm annoyed at my child because they will not get ready for school in the morning. Like that's a valid reason. Um, and, and that's worth, you know, that amount of like challenge in your day is worth the investment of an hour a week or an hour every other week to be able to 
think about and talk about and look at what that means in our lives. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love that. Thank you, Molly. So thank you so much for being here today. Yes, I appreciate it. Yeah, this has been fun. Um, This has been great. And I feel more relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) So we got our little our sample. And what I love about being able to do that in real time, and for us to kind of experience that in real time is that it can be overwhelming the idea of like, what is this person going to have me do? (laughs) Right. And so uh, my hope is that being able to do that in real time and go, yeah, I was able to close my eyes or not. Um, I was able to share or not. Uh, and I, and even if I didn't want to share what I was experiencing, it was still beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I love that because you can come into an activity like that at any level of, of comfort or any level of uh, willingness to, to be vulnerable or, or go to certain places in how we're feeling. So I love that. I'm Molly Barrett and I need a counselor. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. So do we. <laughs> Everybody needs a counselor. All right. So you can contact if you liked what you heard today and you are interested in starting either uh regular therapy with Molly or EMDR therapy with Molly, go ahead and give us a call. Um, She is the clinical director in the Cedar Rapids Heart and Solutions office. You can call at 800-531-4236. Let them know that you want to get signed up for session with Molly. And like Julie told you at the beginning, we post every Sunday night at five. So save up that laundry, put it away while you listen to us on Sunday night. Um, don't do it during the week. Listen to us while you do it on Sunday. You can watch for our trailers on Friday for the upcoming episode and help us or let us help you get ready to call a therapist for that week. Yeah. So if you've got questions for us about counseling or if you've got questions for Molly, uh, send us a message. You can send us a message there on Facebook Messenger at You Need a Counselor Podcast, or you can send us a DM on Instagram at You Need a Counselor. Um, and we would love to get your questions answered. We have had people contact through there just to get scheduled um, with a counselor, even if you don't live in Iowa, even if you live anywhere else we will help you get connected so this is this is what we're all about and this is what we're here for so reach out to us let us know if you've got a question for molly we'd love to have her back on the podcast and so she can answer your question or talk about uh anything that you have further interest in i'm krista brown i'm julie johnson and we need a counselor and so do you bye bye